My name is Andrew Gomison, and it is my privilege each and every week to be your host for the Speaking for Him podcast. I'm super excited for what I have to share with you today. Today we are going to camp, and specifically Pine Ridge Bible Camp. And I grew up going to this camp, and before I get into the meat of my episode today, which is an interview that I did with my friend Jody Marvin, who was one of my counselors at that camp back in the day, I thought I would give you a little bit of rundown of my history with Pine Ridge and a little sneak peek at the impact that it has made on other people's lives. I started going to Pine Ridge Bible Camp back in 1986 as a seven-year-old boy. It was called Jack and Jill Bible Club Camp at that time. It had started in 1946, so I basically went to the camp for the first time at the 40th anniversary year, and so that was an interesting factoid to find out. And then in 1988, it changed to Pine Ridge Bible Camp in order to better articulate the broad amount of ministry that was going on there. And so I was very grateful to be a part of this camp ministry. I am so thankful to my parents who were able to get me enrolled at this camp where I was mainstreamed as a camper, which basically means that as a disabled camper, I went to camp along with able-bodied people and was not separated into a special group for the purposes of camp. I've always appreciated that, and I've always appreciated my parents for treating me as normal as possible and having those normal expectations of me. And I have a lot of good memories from camp, and I'm still acquainted with people that I knew back at that camp time, one of those being the current executive director, Kevin Grifforst, who I've been in touch with on and off through the years. I'm super grateful for Kevin uh, because in the early days of camp, he was my personal assistant at the camp and took good care of me. Um, I'm not sure if it was the very first year that he helped me um, or if it started the second year, but I know early on he helped me for at least a couple of years and I also knew Kevin because later we attended Granville Baptist Church together. In the time that I went to camp, I know that it was very important to me uh, to be able to get away and enjoy the camp environment and spend time learning more about the Lord Jesus. And so I'm very grateful for what camp meant to me. As I was preparing for this episode, I stumbled upon the video from Pine Ridge Bible Camp's 75th anniversary, which just recently occurred. Um, it's hard to believe that in just three short years, uh, 2026, they will, Lord willing, uh, be celebrating 80 years of ministry. That is mind-blowing. 
Uh, but it's so amazing how many people have been involved in the camp through the years and how many old friends I realized I knew from the video about this 75th anniversary. And I am excited to get to the interview that I have for you. But before I do that, I wanted to share with you a couple clips from that 75th anniversary video. And the first one is Kevin Griffors just giving you a little bit of the story of the camp and why it is so important. Pine Ridge, formerly Jack and Jill Bible Club Camp. There's 75 years of history here, and this property has so many stories to share. And I'm going to show you a few of those spots that bring back some special memories for me. There's many locations that we could share story after story, but let's just show you a few of the my favorite spots and a few things that come to my mind. Come follow me on this tour, and I'll show you around. Pine Ridge is a really special place. When kids sign up for camp and get ready to come, that night before, they can hardly sleep. I remember those days myself when I was a camper and young and so excited to come to camp and I, I couldn't even sleep. And then as they're coming to camp, they're all packed up and coming down the road. All those memories about camp, if you've ever been here before, they come flooding back and there's butterflies in your stomach and you're excited but yet have some of those butterflies and fears that go along with being away from home and all that. But camp's a really special place and as kids come here and arrive to the property and see the lake and everything, something really special happens. And when they come to camp, you know that they're gonna make some awesome friends, they're gonna have an absolute blast, and they're gonna meet Jesus and have their life changed. I'm super excited that Pine Ridge still exists as a place for kids to meet Jesus or be rejuvenated in their faith. I definitely resonate with what Kevin said about not being able to sleep uh, the day before you go to camp. I remember being so excited when I would go to church on the Sunday before camp, that before I come to church again, I will have gone to a week of camp and how exciting that would be. And I just remember enjoying the daily chapels and just being able to praise the Lord Jesus in this nature environment and just to be able to get away from it all. Uh, and enjoy that. And of course, I was grateful to be able to get back to a camp ministry and serve for several summers at Brook Carith Camp uh, in Pearson, Michigan. And I definitely thought about my time at Pine Ridge as I was a counselor uh, at Brook Carith. And so I'm just super excited to be talking about this camp ministry today. I'm grateful that they have lasted as long as they have um, because, sadly, Brooke Carith uh, lasted, I think, just under 40 years and was not able to sustain itself. I'm super grateful that through the generosity of others and through the graciousness of God, Pine Ridge still stands as a testimony to him, and I pray that they will be faithful throughout the years. This next clip that I'm going to share with you is from a missionary by the name of Robin Lenz, who was a camper and a staff member at Pine Ridge 
Bible camp, and I'm pretty sure that I knew her because she attended during the years that I was there, and I recognize her name, and I'm pretty sure I recognize her from the video. So here is Robin's story of the impact that camp had on her. And at the end of this clip, you will hear from Carm Johnson and her husband. Carm is now currently involved at Camp Mishawana, where I speak every summer, once or twice a year. And so it's just really interesting how God weaves people in and out of your life and how I have that connection with both Pine Ridge and Camp Mishawana, which are so important in Carm Johnson and her husband's life. And also Jody, who I will share the interview from a little bit later, he has also spoken at Camp Mishawana. So the world is small and God is faithful. My name is Robin Lenz. My husband and I are missionaries in Papua New Guinea. I had the privilege of being a camper at Pine Ridge Bible Camp in the years of 1989 up through my graduation of 1998. I began serving up through the ranks, first as a kitchen girl under Carm Johnson from 1995 to 1998, and then as a cabin leader from 98 to 2000. I was also privileged to serve in a variety of ministries, uh, including waterfront director, games and activity coordinator, team staff, co-supervisor with Caleb Hoskins, also spanning through the co- my college years, um, 2000-2002. After being married, my husband and I were honored to be able to lead a Ludington staff training weekend uh, adventure, as well as assisting with taking Pine Ridge campers in their first inner city mission trip downtown Grand Rapids. We are Carm and Lyle Johnson, and we served at Pine Ridge Bible Camp from 1988 until 2004. Lyle did the maintenance, and I did the food service for most of those years. Um, we had such a good time in so many memories. So I'm very grateful, as I said, for these connections. Um, there was another face that I definitely recognized through this video, and that was Jeff. I'm sorry, Jeff, that I don't know how to pronounce uh, your last name, but Jeff was very active with the chapels when I was there, especially with the music. I remember he was also active in the drama program uh, that was a part of the camp, and he always helped us prepare something dramatic for the talent night that we had there at Pine Ridge. And I have a lot of great memories with Jeff and I'm so grateful uh, to reconnect with him. One of the funny things that I can tell you about that is I actually recently became friends with him on Facebook, but I did not know that I knew him from Pine Ridge. I'm pretty sure that I friended him uh, because I have 10 mutual friends, and I always figure uh, that if I have that many mutual friends, then I probably actually know the person, so I went ahead and friended Jeff, and then watching this video back about the 75th anniversary of Pine Ridge, 
uh, brought the memories back of who Jeff was and just him talking about memories of camp uh, brought back my memories with Jeff. So Jeff, here's a shout out for you. I'm so grateful to you and to Kevin Grifforst and Jody Marvin and also James McCann. Uh, those are the names that really pop into my head uh, when I think of my time at Pine Ridge. And I will always be grateful for the way that they helped to inform my Christian journey. Um, I was already a believer when I came to camp, but I'm sure that the seeds that were planted back then helped to fuel the fire of ministry that has me serving the Lord right now. And so I'm so grateful for all that Pine Ridge has done and is doing to bring children uh, to Christ. And I know I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast, uh, but several years ago I had the privilege of having Uncle Charlie Vandermeer of Children's Bible Hour fame on the podcast. And now that he has passed away, I'm extremely grateful uh, that I have that episode in my archive. I'd encourage you to search it up on my website and listen to that because it was so fun to have him in the studio and to record a podcast. And I will always be grateful for that, um, especially since my co-host at the time, Adam McNutt, often brings that podcast up as one of his favorite that we did, even though he was not familiar with Children's Bible Hour. Uh, but one of the things that Uncle Charlie said during that interview I think was something along the lines of 80% of people accept the Lord Jesus before they turn 12. And so he was talking about how important it is to reach children for Jesus Christ. And that really resonated with me and stuck with me all these years after he said that. And so I'm super grateful for camp ministries like Pine Ridge who are actively in the ministry of reaching people for the Lord Jesus. And of course, I am extremely grateful uh, for Aunt Joyce Marvel and anyone else who may have been behind this idea of mainstreaming disabled campers into the able-bodied normal camp experience. I will always be grateful for that. Before we jump in to my interview with Jody, Allow me to share with you our quote of the day. Our quote of the day is actually Jody's life verse, and it is 1 Peter 4.10. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And I really like this verse because it reminds us that our duty is is to serve God in the way that he has gifted us and not be concerned about the way that God has gifted others. Now, this does not mean that we should not serve unless it is our specific gifting, because there are times when people are needed to step up and serve regardless of whether they are particularly gifted or not. I truly believe that every person who is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, should be willing to serve in whatever capacity opens up to them. But I also believe that God has endowed us each with specific gifts that are meant to complement and assist the body of Christ. 
And Jody will make this point during the interview as well, that God has gifted us each with specific gifts and talents that he wants us to use for his glory. I'm sure that we can all attest that there can be great frustration in focusing on the gifts that God has given others instead of being grateful for the way that God has blessed each of us. And so I hope that as you listen to this interview, that what will really come through is that God has a specific plan for your life and my life, and if we seek to fulfill it, that is when we will have the ultimate fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ. God made you for a purpose, and the best way to have joy and peace and contentment in this life is to seek to fulfill that purpose and to honor God with everything that we are and have. Well, it is my privilege now to share with you my main segment of today's show, which is my interview with Jody Marvin. It was so awesome to reconnect with him a few weeks ago on Facebook. You know, social media has a lot of bad components to it, uh, but one of the greatest things about it is that you can reconnect with people, and I've been able to reconnect with so many people uh, because of Facebook, and Jody is a really remarkable guy, and it was really exciting to reconnect with him. Uh, Jody is a gospel music magician. Uh, He is a teacher. Uh, He likes to do speaking at camps. As I said, he he did speak at Camp Mishawana uh, this summer, and he spent two weeks um, at Pleasant Valley Bible Camp, one as a health officer and one as a speaker. I'm pretty sure he also spent a week at Pine Ridge Bible Camp this year speaking and doing his gospel magic. And so I wanted to take the opportunity to give him the chance to share his story and for us to reminisce about camp days and so much more. But one thing you will notice about Jody as we talk is that he has a passion for following the Lord Jesus Christ and it has been a flame in his life since he accepted the Lord as a young child. So I think you're really going to enjoy this interview, and I hope that if it encourages you, you will share it with family and friends and let them know that they can listen to it and be encouraged as well. And I also hope that as you listen, you realize that if God can use Jody and God can use me, he can use anyone. So, without further ado, I present to you my interview with Jody Marvin. I am privileged today to have my friend Jody Marvin with me on the podcast. And Jody and I have known each other for quite a while. But we just recently reconnected after a long hiatus. And so I'm very grateful to welcome you to the show, Jody. Well, thank you so much. Glad to be able to be here. Well, as we unfold your story, one of the reasons that I asked Jody to come on is because he does speaking at camps and he also does 
as part of that gospel magic at camps as well as in local churches. And we will get into that as we move on here. But first of all, can you tell me a little bit about your childhood and growing up years? Sure. Yeah, I um, I came from pretty humble beginnings. I, I like to tell people I was born at a very early age. Uh, they don't get that often, but it's all right. Uh, but yeah, I actually, uh, I, I had five older brothers, and I was the youngest out of six boys. And you can imagine a house full of boys, what that's like. Um, you know, lots of... Uh, uh, Running into running down hills and uh, hurting each other, and lots of tree forts and lots of things in the woods and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, wrestling, lots of wrestling going on. Uh, I was five years younger than my next brother up, so I usually got the brunt of all the uh, uh, wrestling. And <laughs> so, but yeah, my my parents actually were divorced when I was real young. So uh, my dad had uh, had left, and uh, uh, so my mom actually had to raise six boys all by herself. I was just one year old when that happened. And so she had a one-year-old all the way up to a 13-year-old. And so you can only imagine what that was like. But one thing that my mom made sure, she made sure that we went to church every Sunday. And I, uh, I'm very thankful for that nowadays, for sure. When I was that age, when I was about eight or nine, I didn't think that was so great. But um, now that I'm wiser and older, I'm very, very thankful for that influence in my life. But yeah, that's just a small, quick synopsis, but yeah. Well, I'm the oldest of 12 children, and nine of us are boys, so I know a little bit about what it was like growing up in a busy household. But you talked about your mom making sure you were in church every Sunday, which is awesome. But when was it that you came to know the Lord Jesus personally? Because that's something that we like to emphasize here on the Speaking for Him podcast and also something that I know is a cornerstone of your ministry is to lead children to the Lord Jesus as savior. So can you tell us how that happened in your life? Absolutely. So again, growing up, um, you know, I, I, we'd gone to church, so I had that influence. My grandmother, a very strong Christian woman, uh, my dad, even though I didn't know him much at that time, I didn't, I didn't really know my dad really at all until I was probably, nine or 10 um, because he had left. And, and, and so I really didn't see him much. My older brothers knew him more than I did. Um, But my dad was a Christian man. He, you know, he obviously struggled. There was obviously some problems, but, but there's a lot of Christian influence in my, in my life from different places. But at church, that's where I really felt at home. Um, I was 10 years old. I'll never forget. Uh, I was in a church service and for some reason, the spirit just got a hold of my heart that day. I was listening and I'm hearing pastor talk about needing Jesus and and it, and it just clicked for some reason. I'd probably heard that message a hundred times. I don't know. Um, but for some reason that one Sunday morning, it was just in a church service. It wasn't even in kids church. It was actually in an adult church service during the normal Sunday morning service. And they had an altar call where they said, if you want to come forward uh, to talk uh, to, to the pastor to about receiving Jesus, do that. I did that. And that day when I was 20 years old, I accepted Jesus to my life to ask him to forgive me for my sins and to, uh, from then on, wanted to live for him. So I was about 10. And then, you know, I can't say that at 10, I was, uh, you know, had all kinds of sins going on that were the, you know, hardcore sins and the hardcore drugs and everything else. That wasn't me. Okay. I wasn't like I was saved from this incredible lifestyle by any chance. But, but I tell you what, though, it was real and I knew it was real and I, and I, I talked to the Lord. I prayed to the Lord. It was real. It was a change in my heart. And that next summer I went to camp 
And that is where things really started to take foot and started to take place, take hold in my life, where God just became alive and real in my life. And there's a lot I could say about that. And I think we're going to get into a little bit more about that in a minute. What camp was it that you went to as a child? So it was Pine Ridge, Pine Ridge Bible Camp. I started my, if I, if my memory is correct, it was 1979. That was my very first summer as a camper. So I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself now. Okay. So <laughs> you became a camper at Pine Ridge the year that yes. I was born. That is a very interesting thing to note. And then a few years. Are you saying, later, <laughs> are you saying I'm that old? Is that what you're saying? No, no. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, but I, right. I, I can say that neither of us are old. Okay, good. But after being a camper for a while there, you became a counselor there, and that's how I met you. So how did it come about that you became a counselor at Pine Ridge? So I was a camper for since I was uh, 11 years old until uh, 16 years old. And that so that five years I was a camper there. And then uh, I became a, uh, I worked in the dish room that first year when I was 16. And then be, then you didn't have to be 18 yet to be a counselor. You could still be under 18. So at 17, I, my first year was a counselor when I was 17. And so that's kind of where, um, you know, I just I was able to start in that, in that role as a counselor. And I it was there for seven years. Yeah. Seven years. Is that right? Seven years. Cause 21. Yeah. Wherever that was. <laughs> How many ever years that is? But I was there until I was uh, 21, basically. So, yeah. Uh, in the summer of 1992. That's when my wife and I got married, uh, but that's when we moved out to New York. So, yeah. I think 1992 was my last year at Pine Ridge. But from the time okay. I was seven to the time I was 13, I went to Pine Ridge. So I think that was like seven or eight yeah. summers. And I know that yeah. you were an important part of that. And I've thought yeah. of you often throughout the years and I just, Happened to see your name pop up on Facebook the other day, and I was like, I know him, so let's reconnect. So social media has its bad parts, but that's one thing that has always been a blessing to me is to be able to reconnect with people that I haven't seen or interacted with in a long time. So I, I I have to say my most vivid memory of you, you were the most excited fisherman ever in the entire world that I know. I, I love that about you. Because I remember when we fished, you would get so excited. I remember <laughs> liking to fish there as well. I never really became much of an active fisherman beyond camp, but yep. as a camp activity, I definitely loved fishing. And I remember um, at one point getting a Fisher Price uh, fishing pole for Christmas, I think, and being excited to bring it to camp. Yep, so. Yep. So how did you get involved in doing magic and how did that come about? Yeah. So I started gospel magic when I was uh, about 12, I started doing gospel magic. So I, I had always just the interest. My dad had actually helped John DeVries, who was a gospel magician in the Grand Rapids area for many, many years. And uh, he was a helper. My mom actually drove the bus when they was, when they first got married um, she drove the bus for the ministry. They used to go around back in those days, go around, pick up all the kids in the neighborhood, bring them to the vacation Bible school. And, and then, uh, they would teach and that's kind of how that worked. And so my mom would drive the bus. My dad actually helped as one of the magician's assistants, kind of, he'd help the John DeVries. So I'd always had an interest. 
when I was 10 at a vacation Bible school, uh, I saw a magician, um, and man, I just, I wanted to know everything I could. I just, I wanted to, I wanted to do that. That's what I wanted to do. And so I started to try to figure out what I could do, picked up a couple little tricks. But when I was 12, I really started doing some gospel magic for, uh, like our junior church. I did a couple things, uh, once in a while. They'd let me, I, I, I look back at those days and I think, I'm sure it wasn't great, but they let me do that up front, but they did. Uh, and then when I was 14, I officially started taking some gospel magic lessons to start thinking about potentially a full-time career in gospel magic. And, and so I did that for a little over a year. And, uh, I, I just, uh, that, that year when I was 14, that was an amazing year. That was a year I'll never forget at Pine Ridge. I was, I was a camper that year. And we were on a campfire service and we were talking about serving the Lord and serving the Lord for your life. And at that campfire service, Aunt Joyce was leading the service. Uh, the idea was presented that, uh, dedicating your life to God for service for him. And boy, I just felt the spirit tugging on my heart. And it was at that moment that I dedicated my life to serving God with my entire life. And, and I'll never forget that moment at that campfire service. But from that moment on, when I was 14, I was baptized that year. So not only that, I made that public profession of my faith in Christ and through baptism, uh, really dedicated my life to serving God. And God just started bringing things my way and started bringing opportunities to serve. I was able to help a, another guy do a gospel magic program for a vacation Bible school and be his assistant. Uh, and then 15 years, age 15, age 16, I started doing gospel magic more. I did a vacation Bible school, a whole one when I was 17. Uh, and then I just, from there on, I just kept doing more and more with gospel magic. Never truly made it a a full time uh, type of thing. It just didn't it just didn't work for me that way. I didn't have the support raise and whatnot. But I have all the all the years been doing gospel magic on uh, a regular basis. So, and now now I would say right now I do probably probably about twenty five to thirty uh, programs a year in the last few years. Right now, I'm really pushing it hard and would love to be able to do this most every weekend um, that I can uh, in churches and services, Wednesday nights. I'd like to do a lot, a lot more of it now. So, yeah. I feel the same way about my preaching ministry, yeah. which is part of speaking for him. I travel around mm -hmm. to different churches wherever I have the opportunity. Um, yeah. But sometimes it can be, as you are probably well aware feast or famine you can have certain times when you're doing four or five weeks in a row and you barely have time to breathe and then other times where you wish you had a lot more to do but that is really exciting to see yeah. that you are working hard at that and that that's continuing to be something that is important to you another thing that is important to you is teaching yeah. so i wanted to ask you about that i actually spent five years as an on-site substitute teacher uh, nice. for Potter's House Christian High School. Oh, and nice. then God led me away from there a couple of years ago. But mm -hmm. uh, it was a rewarding time. I enjoyed it. So how long have you been teaching and what yeah. brought that into your life? So again, another, another long story, but I'm going to shorten it as much as I can. <laughs> so when I originally went to college, so I was at camp at this time, uh, and I was really considering college. I was a counselor. And I went to Grand Rapids Baptist College, and my goal was to become a band director. That's what I thought it was supposed to be. Uh, that first year, I switched that goal at least seven, eight times, probably. Um, but my original plan was I still kind of wanted to be a teacher. 
And so, and I thought I could do gospel magic on the side and whatever else. Well, I found out I wasn't really focused in college very well. And so I did not, uh, if you look at my original college grades, it's nothing pretty. Um, but uh, I did not finish the teaching certification when I was originally in college back in 1980, what was it? 84? Yeah, something like that. A long time ago. Uh, I didn't originally finish that, but uh, I've always loved teaching. Um, and so I, I I went into the ministry instead full-time. And so my wife and I became missionaries with BCM International, which by, uh, Pine Ridge Bible Camp was part of the mission there. And so we became missionaries, and I became a camp director in New York. So I was in New York almost 13 years as a camp director at Niagara Bible Camp. And then uh, we had a house fire which helped us to kind of decide to take a little time off, a little breather. And uh, we moved back to Michigan, close to family for a little bit. Uh, but that didn't last long because my heart and passion is ministry. And so I got a job in North Dakota at a camp out there at Cooperstown Bible Camp. And I was there for about a year and a half. And it was just not the right place to stay because they really needed uh, a, a primarily a fundraiser. Uh, my heart was primarily teaching. And, and that's what they needed. They needed an executive director that was going to focus almost 100% on fundraising because they had a lot of different building projects and things that needed to be done. And so it just wasn't the right fit to stay. But it was a great time. I loved it out there. I loved that camp. Loved the ministry. But we knew it just wasn't the right place to stay. And so moved back to Michigan. And I've been back in Michigan now going on 15 years. But we've done odd things here and there, on and off, different jobs. Um, and uh, I teach CPR, teach first aid, I teach lifeguarding, uh, lots of things like that. I've uh, been doing that for a lot of years. Yeah. Started that th- those things with camp. But uh, I really wanted to teach in the classroom. I just thought, what a perfect fit. If I could teach in the su- in the classroom and have my summers available to do ministry all summer long, that, that's just a perfect fit. And it's what I really needed. And so Michigan had a, uh, they started here, I don't know if it was six, seven years ago, an accelerated teacher certification program where you can get, if you have a bachelor's, then you can uh, apply for the program, do online work. Uh, you get a temporary certificate that's good for five years. And then you teach for three years, have some assessments, finish your online work, and then you get your permanent certificate. Oh, perfect. So I signed up for that. And I did that and started teaching. Um, the only job I could get at the, at the time, I, my heart was, I wanted to do music. That's what I teach now. But I wanted to do music teaching, and the only thing I could get is the public schools didn't like that accelerated program. They didn't think that was fantastic. Um, but I got a job at a charter school in Greenville and worked there for about a year and a half. But the problem was uh, I was teaching math and science, which was okay. It was good. just wasn't my heart and passion, but it was all right. Uh, but uh, I just could not make it financially. It just was not even remotely possible. I, I was working two part-time jobs and teaching full-time, and it just wasn't happening. So. I had to leave teaching. I, I went and uh, got another a full-time job that with a friend that offered that to me. And again, God's timing was there because he offered the job right when I needed it. And so, and, you know, it all worked out. So I was sad to leave teaching because that's what I loved. And so did that for uh, a little over a year. And another year went by. I kind of give it up on the whole teaching thing and said, this is not going to happen. Well, a lot of circumstances from the last job I had. Uh, kind of came together where, boy, my heart was just desiring to be back in the classroom. I love teaching. It's such a good fit with ministry. It works wonderful for having the weekends for, for gospel magic, for churches, the summers, for camp ministry. Well, 
long story short, I applied. I got a, a music teaching job, full-time music, K through eight music teaching job. I do a general music for kindergarten through fifth grade. And sixth to eighth grade, I do choir, band, and digital music. Uh, and boy, I just absolutely love that. Last year was my first year doing that full-time. And I still am working on finishing my certification. I have this year to finish my permanent certification now. But now I have to cram it all into one short space because I had kind of given up and took a two-year break there. But uh, So last year was legitimately my very first year full-time in music. And so I would love to see that be the rest of my life and far into my retirement to be my thing because I love teaching music. That's where, that's where my heart's at. And it allows me to be able to do the ministry very well. It just, it's a great fit. So, yeah. That's why I liked working at school too, because I had my weekends free and summers free to do whatever ministry that I wanted yeah. to do. So that leads me to, is there anything specifically as we sit here today that we can pray for you about as far as ministry or your teaching goals? Oh, absolutely. I, so right now my, my biggest hurdle and, uh, it's, it, I, I call it a hurdle because it's definitely something that we're going to take care of. I don't know how God's going to make it work, but I put out a plea there on Facebook a few times about, about this, but the idea, uh, we need to, I need to pay $5,600 to finish my teaching certification. Well, I don't have that. Um, and I'm already working two part-time jobs right now. And I had my, my summer packed full of ministry. So I just got back actually uh, Monday or actually Sunday night late, um, from two weeks at Pleasant Valley Bible camp. I was up there. I was health officer one week teaching a second week. Um, so financial needs are pretty high right now. I, I need to get, I need to raise that $5,600 to pay for that teaching certificate certification before the end of the year so that I can finish the whole process. Um, because this year I, I need to finish it. I think, I think it's my, before the end of March, I have to have it all finished. Everything has to be done, all my observations and my final papers and the payment because you have to submit all the stuff by then to be able to get it in time. Uh, I think that's the, how the plan is. That's my biggest hurdle. I just could really use prayer for that financial need of $5,600 for that. Um, and then again, the online part of it and the teach, I have to teach one more year in my temporary, which that's the easy part. I've got that covered and, uh, the online work, no problem there. It's just that 5,600 is the challenge. So that could definitely use prayer for there. And, and you know, when you're in ministry, um, I, you know, it's, <laughs> I was just talking to, uh, Sheldon Rhodes is a good friend of mine. I'm on the board of, of his, with his ministry and, and I've worked with him on and off here over the years. But he, uh, we were just talking today and, uh, the idea that how would you ever invite somebody into ministry knowing that they're going to be jumping right into the middle of a bunch of spiritual warfare? And, uh, you know, it's just a, it's an interesting place to be. Once you start ministry, you know, the devil, the devil doesn't like that. And you're jumping into a war and you need to be prepared for battle and you need to know that you're going to have things happen that are the craziest, goofiest, messiest, weirdest, um, and I would say the most painful things at times, but God's got it. He's always there with us. He's always going to provide. He's going to take care of us. But I, I, but this last two weeks, you know that God was working because uh, I had special music I was playing on Sunday morning. And, and on Tuesday, I got my harmonic. I play harmonica and trumpet and do a lot of special music in churches. I, was, I had special music to play. Well, the harmonica that I needed, it blew out and they, they do that occasionally, but very rarely where the reeds, something happens, to the reeds and they get all out of tune. 
that one harmonica that's been perfect for some reason Tuesday was dead. Couldn't use it. I had to order a new one. Fortunately, there was one available and it was a weird one, a different key that it was kind of unusual, but I was able to get one in time. I ordered a new harmonica, my tablet that I use for all my Bible study. And I use it for my speaking when I, and I have like a, my stories on my tablet and then I have a PowerPoint presentation on a screen. So I use my tablet for all the words that I have. And while it was sitting on the stage and they were doing music and someone knocked it and it went flying down to the ground and curse smash the whole entire screen. I don't mean just broke. I mean shattered glass falling off of it shattered. <laughs> so the tablet got broke. Uh, my wife's car, she got in a car accident, totaled the car. Virtually, she's fine. No problem there. But total of the car. Uh, that was on Friday. And then I, I drive a motorbike. I know. Um, and so my motorbike is what I had taken to camp um, with me. And I have a trailer to haul all my things on. I was Saturday morning at, at camp. I was heading out to go to a, a, a coffee shop, actually. I was going to go check. There's a really neat coffee shop I want to go to. And got going down the road about a mile. All of a sudden, the back tire locked up on me. And then... uh I figure out what was going on with that. The brake locked up, and I think that's awful. And so, in the in the process of messing around trying to get my motorbike running again, I burnt out the clutch. So, so my motorbike was dead. So I had to call my son and and uh, his wife and to come rescue me with that with my truck and bring a trailer up and kind of uh, undid all the savings of using my motorbike and uh, driving to the camp and back. And well, we had to get the truck and the trailer and. So all that happened all at once. Oh, and by the way, two a week before camp uh, was started, our refrigerator died. So there you go. So you know it, that's that's uh, unfortunately when you're in the hot seat of ministry, you 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 come to expect things like this. It's just like okay, this is this isn't unusual. This this is probably the course, but God's got it. And you know all these things that are annoying. Yeah, it's annoying, but you know what? It's not a big deal. Um, and the good news is. I get God's got it, and I know He's going to provide, um, and I know He's going to take care of us, and and uh, I know He's going to provide that financial need somehow. And I'm just putting it out there and seeing if others might have a, a desire to help, and I'd be thankful for that. But that's kind of the thing. That's what I could really use prayer for. Well, that's a lot, and it is I a lot. Definitely be <laughs> for you. I definitely resonate with that, though, because a couple of years ago. I had like, uh, you know, five or six speaking engagements lined up for like the month of June into July. And I, I was on vacation in May and I get home and we know there's something seriously wrong with the car. So we bring in my van and they say, well, you really shouldn't drive this anymore because the undercarriage is shot. Um, yeah. so you need to get a new van as soon as possible. Well, of course I had no, real savings to get a van. I knew that I wanted one in the not too distant future, but I was hoping that it would be a little bit more distant. And I ended up driving that van for a whole nother month because I had to, and God kept it running. And the day we went into town to get my new van was the day that it finally broke in a way that it could not be fixed at all. So God's time was great. And then a few weeks ago I had, um, the first of my podcast episodes that I would say went viral. I uh, interviewed someone and their testimony resonated so much that it had over 1200 listens um, in like a, like a two or three week period. 
and most of them were that first week, but it was very controversial because of some of the topics we discussed. And so I got a lot of inflammatory comments from people about it. Sure. People who hadn't even listened to the story. Cause that's the way people are. But, yeah. uh, but I realized through that experience that um, if it wasn't important, the devil wouldn't have been working so hard. And so yeah. I think yeah. overall God really blessed it. And I'm super excited to, be used by him, even though there's a lot of bumps along the way as you related. So we will definitely be praying for you. I will um, try to put your GoFundMe link and uh, your Facebook link on my blog for this episode. And so hopefully people can check that out and decide whether they can donate as well. So um, my next question for you, I just have a couple more. My next one would be, do you have a favorite Bible verse for your life or maybe just one that you're thinking about in these last few weeks? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, My favorite Bible verse, it's always been what I call my life's verse, is 1 Peter 4.10. And it says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And the whole point is, no matter what God's given you to use, use it. Uh, if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, that's kind of my thing that's been. And so no matter what it is, no matter what gift, no matter ability, no matter what talent, use it for God. If God's made you love cooking and you love to make good food, make it for God somehow. Get, go to a camp and ask if you to help in the kitchen. Uh, you know, cook someplace for church for an event. Uh, do something. Get get involved. Don't just sit there and go like, yeah, I love cooking, but I don't want to do that. that. That doesn't help anybody. Uh, and so each one should use whatever gift has re- he has received to serve others faithfully. That's the, that's the key part of that. I love that faithfully. That's what God's called us to be. He's called us to be faithful. Um, he hasn't called us to be perfect. He hasn't called us to be, uh, necessarily. I mean, we should strive for excellence, but he hasn't called us to be the best in the world. He's called us to be faithful. And when we're faithful, God's going to use it. And so. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. There's so many forms of God's grace. And, you know, whether it be a person that's in the hospitality, just helping others out. My wife um, and, and I are, are so different. I joke about that all the time. Because, um, you know, I met my wife at camp. Tina Tina was at camp when you were there. Um, and so she was there. We met there. But my wife is the opposite. She can sit down with somebody and learn everything about them you could ever imagine in 10 minutes. I don't know. How is it? I don't get it. I'm not like that. You put me in front of a group of people, I'm happy. You put me down one-on-one, I can. I do that, but it's a gift. <laughs> but each one has given us all different gifts in different ways. And wow, the worst thing we can do is sit on the sideline and not use it. So anybody that's not using a gift, not using the ability, not using a desire, not using something that gives you joy, you're not using it for the Lord. Get out there and use it. Uh, each one of us should do that. And I think it's important that you mention that because I think it's so of God to give you a spouse that has very different giftings than you because you complement each other, you work to encourage one another, and your ministry is better because of it. And so that's very encouraging to me. I'm still praying for a spouse, but I believe she's out there somewhere. And I just have to be patient. And I don't want to get ahead of God because there's plenty of examples in the Bible of when people try to get ahead of God and do their own thing. 
Well, my final question for you, Jody, and it's been a blessing to speak to you today. I really appreciate you taking the time. My final question for you is if there's anything specific that you feel that God is teaching you this year in 2023, what do you think that would be? I I think it's the same lesson. I must be, I must be, I'm too dense to learn it. Maybe I don't know. Uh, But just to constantly rely on God, you know, it just seems like, in this last six to eight months, there's just so many things. It was, it was weird, I guess that's a good way to put it. There's so many things that just happen that you kind of go like, why is that going on now? Um, you know, I, I have seven kids. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I have seven kids. My oldest is 30 and my youngest is 13, uh, soon to be 14. And, and all my kids, I love my kids dearly. And, and, um, a year ago, my daughter who lives in, um, Washington state, uh, she kind of walked, she has walked away from the Lord and he, uh, didn't talk to us for over a year. Oh, that is broke our hearts. I mean, broke our hearts. So we didn't know what to do. We we're just praying. And praise God. She followed us here a couple months ago and has reconnected. So that's been a blessing. And so I think God's just teaching me just to, to rely on him, trust him. Um, you know, know that, know that he's got it in control. Know that he's, not leaving us out there high and dry. It, it feels like it at times. It feels like, you know, when my daughter kind of said she didn't want anything to do with us, oh, that, that just, I was like, God, where are you in this? This doesn't make sense. We didn't teach her to be that way. And, and it was tough. It took a while. It took a while to, to work through that. But God's teaching me just to be faithful, just to trust, know that he's got it under control. And so I'd say that that's just a continuing lesson that comes up. And with the teaching then and the certification, and changing jobs three times in the last year and a half. Oh. Uh, again, God's teaching just, he's got it under control. And so, you know, I think that's uh, a thing. I just got to learn to continue to trust in him. So that was my interview with Jody Marvin. I'm super excited, Jody, that you took the time to sit down with me and share your story. And I wish you the greatest of success in your future endeavors as you continue to serve the Lord through teaching and gospel magic. If any of you would like to get in touch with Jody, I will have all of his contact information and links to the things we discussed on the podcast, on my blog, at speakingforhim.blogspot.com. That's speaking4him.blogspot.com. That's about all I have time for this week, but until next time, have a great week and keep serving. The best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 